Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. 888-463-6748, beside NBA Basketball, Kentucky Derby. Our hockey expert, Joel Radwanski, will give us a 36-second update of the NHL playoffs. Major League Baseball round them up, wrap them up. We do have a sad obituary today. We also got to talk about the number one debuting movie of all time and uh, much, much more on the show. First of all, let me welcome in my uh, semi-esteemed uh, co-host, and I emphasize semi in that category, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Joel, I hope you had a better weekend than on the start of our show. How are you, my friend? No, but the, the way you introduced me over the last couple of months, I don't know why I even show up. <laughs> I like the semi-esteem. That kind of works for you, I think. Uh, whatever. <laughs> How are you, buddy? I'm, uh, I, yeah. I'm doing a lot better than like Chicago Bulls are doing right now. But, Oof. yeah, it's uh, that was a very difficult game to watch yesterday. And I just say this to all all uh, Bulls fans. Oh, no, no, not Bulls fans. Because Bulls fans wouldn't say anything stupid like, it's over, I'm not watching game five. Well, okay, it's over. And then next year when they're good, don't watch them again. If you don't want to watch the Bulls because they've had a very rough last two weeks, you don't want to watch the last game of the year because you can't take it, move to Detroit. That's what I'm saying to Bulls fans. Everybody that's given up on them, and I do realize that their chances of winning the NBA championship are remote at at, at this point. Well, but... If you're going to be a Bulls fan when Derrick Rose and, and Joe Kim Noah are healthy and you're going to be all puffy chested about it, well, you better stick through them when everything isn't that good because I don't want the Bulls to be the fifth uh, number one seed to get knocked off by an AC coach. I hate to say it, it looks like it's going to happen possibly, mm-hmm. but unless they went three in a row. But I, I just like I, I, the idea of these, oh, I'm a Bulls fan. Oh, well, they suck. Oh, they, they suck without Rose. I ain't watching them anymore. Well, then you weren't a freaking Bulls fan, is all I'm saying. <laughs> There's a lot of that going on. Yeah, I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly agree with that particular sentiment. Stop with the negative. I mean, you can criticize the team, but, you know, still watch uh, watch the ball club and still root for the Bulls. Don't jump off the bandwagon now. Let us not forget they had the best record, ladies and gentlemen, the best record during a 66-game regular season in the NBA, missing many of their key players. So let us not totally forget that and the fact that they've lost what, three games in a row and have looked miserable for the most part doing it. But I made the point, Big Dog, that, uh, you know, if if they can steal a game in Philadelphia and right the ship, somebody comes through and gives them a little momentum, all of a sudden things can change. You come back game six at the United Center, you know what kind of crowd that would be. And if you win in front of your home crowd, going back to Philadelphia, the pressure would clearly be on the 76ers. Well, it, it would be on Philadelphia in, in Game Six if they could steal Game Five, and uh, in order for that to happen, they're going to really need somebody to step up. Yes, Todd Gibson stepped up a little bit yesterday, but it, it just seemed like there wasn't a want for people on the court to actually go get the basketball. And, you know, it, it's funny they're they're as tenacious as ever on defense. I'm not, you know, they're not lacking that. You know, and they're rebounding hard. But why on offense is there nobody coming up being like, "Hey, I want the ball. I want to be the guy that goes and scores." Mm-hmm. That's what they need right now. Very frustrating. Very very frustrating. You're exactly right. Nobody can initiate the offense. Nobody's the take charge guy. But 
Uh, let us credit, by the way, a, a, a Philadelphia 76er defense, which is getting like next to nothing in the credit category. Here at Chicago, it's all about the bull. The Philadelphia 76er defense, Big Dog, not only has been good, you got to be more specific. It's been disruptive. They have taken away passing lane. You were on the air. Maybe Doug Collins was listening to you talking about how it's not just Lucas and C.J. Watson. The other guy's got to get open. Well, you know what? The Sixers are doing they're playing the passing lanes. They're taking away that first pass. They're double teaming. They're being very disruptive. Credit goes to a very active and intelligent 76er defense. I'm going to have to totally agree with you because, uh, excuse me, Coach, Kyle Korver I can't even get open. Forget, you know, it's like, yep. oh, he isn't an open shot. That's normally what we're saying. Like, if Korver's going bad, hey, he's, he's missing wide open shots. He can't even get a shot off. Yep. He can't even get the ball, let alone get an open look at the hoop. You know, you, you got to figure something out. If you're an, if you're an NBA player, your job is to get shots off. If you're the, you know, if you've got three shots taken and it's the middle of the fourth quarter, you got to figure something different out, okay? And, and get open, coach. No question uh, about it. Set some screens too. Better screens. You know, widen out a little bit more effective. And Kyle Korver's got a better do, do a better job coming off the screens too. But uh, we'll find a way. Don't give up hope. Still. Uh... You know, chance to right the ship Tuesday. We take on the Philadelphia 76er. I will be the it's first. It's not even tonight, huh? It's Tuesday. I said Tuesday. Yeah, no, but that's my point. Is what's, what's up? The NBA, you have to throw 66 games in 120 days. But then the playoff series start when it should be every other day, like which would be really good for a television viewer. It's every third day? Come well, on. Is... I mean, the NBA is a freaking joke. And, I, and the way ESPN and NBA have gone hand in hands with uh, basically dominating sports coverage over the next two months, yep. uh, the NBA playoffs cannot end soon enough, as far as I'm concerned, Coach. Not sure I can take that uh, particular opinion with me. By the way, uh, again, Bulls fans, NBA fans out there, you want to check in? Big dog and a coach at your service, 888 463 6748. The phone number, dial it up, we'll get you right on, dog. Uh, uh, Tuesday they do play, right? So, yeah, that, my, my point is, why do they have to play every third day? In it's the, not every third day. Regular, they played yesterday. That was yesterday? I'm missing something here. It's, it's, I thought it was Saturday morning that they played, to be honest with you. It seems like so long ago <laughs> that, uh, that the Bulls have played. You're trying, trying to push that vision behind you, huh? Well, but, then, but still they had three days in between. The first, the first yes. four games have been three games in between each one. Yes. So this is actually the first time they've actually gone every other day. So, yep. hey, the NBA finally... Speeding up the series a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is nice. I think the L.A. Clippers and the Memphis Grizzlies, they play tonight. The last time they played was like a week and a half ago. Yeah. It's, it's only game four for them tonight. And by the way, as a sidelight, nobody's watching outside of L.A. and Memphis. That's the best series going right now. Uh, the the fourth quarter of the game where uh, the other day where the Clippers won by one in the last possession, that was phenomenal. And Coach, everybody, you know, it's funny when you ask a ten-year-old player, name a ten-year-old kid around the around basketball. Hey, who's the best basketball player? And they'll start naming kids. And around number five, they'll go, "Oh, Blake Griffin," just because he can dunk really good. He might be the most overrated player in the game right now, and he also has the most potential to be the best player in the game. But he only averages two and a half points a game in the fourth quarter during the Clippers Grizzlies game. They were going right up to him and following him. He would go up and miss both free throws. They had to take him off the court. Too Can you imagine being a superstar that can't play the fourth quarter? You remember the the old rule 
used to be at a free throw, you as soon as it left the hand. So I wonder, Blake Griffin, such a bad free throw shooter in the old days, Big Dog, could he have actually shot the ball in the air, let it leave his hand, and then jump from the free throw and catch the ball and slammed it home? Would that have been legal? Well, uh, no, no, that it's, they've changed all that. And <laughs> well, I know but, now, Will but I'm talking about back then. Will Chamberlain, they used to let you jump from the free throw line. So as long as you started, if you didn't touch right. the free throw line, you can jump from And Will Chamberlain used to shoot his free throws by running and jumping and dunking the ball from the free throw line. <laughs> and then they immediately, Come on. And, then, and then all the rule makers uh-huh. decided that the guys that look exactly like them in the league couldn't jump from the free throw line uh, and dunk the ball. So we actually so tried that in all the rules. Actually, no is joke. there actually film of that Chamberlain doing a slam dunk and a free throw? I have I have no idea, but I've never seen it. But I swear to you, I've read it so many <laughs> different times. And if, if people are listening to the show, they're like, "Oh, he's the guy that wears a, a costume." I'm really am a sports historian. That is no joke. Yes. At one time in the NBA, it was legal to jump from the free throw line. That was actually what it was. You couldn't touch the line, and you could jump from that line to make your basket. Well, there was one guy back then that could dunk the ball, and it was Will Chamberlain. If it was George Mikey coach, they wouldn't have changed the rule. No. You know what I'm saying. But I guarantee that rule would be perfect for Blake Griffin because the way he shoots the free throws. But your point is uh, he has trouble engaging in a positive way down the stretch, and that Clippers-Memphis series has been phenomenal. Rudy Gay's kind of been the go-to player for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, uh, oh, no, that, that is absolutely right, Coach. But one thing I'm going to say is uh, – yeah, you you know you and I we get into a little bit of debates over what's a good possession at the end of the game, and and sometimes I don't think you really hear what I'm saying, but that's that's an, another issue, okay? But the shot that Rudy Gay took that they was forced into Rudy Gay's lap in order to win the game against the Clippers the other day, he got the ball was past him and he caught it. By the way, he was 25 feet away from the hoop with 1.5 seconds. On the clock, he received the ball 25. Wait, oh, he didn't make the shot. You know, he collapsed. And I'm like, he shouldn't be upset at, at himself for missing that shot. He should have slapped the guy that dribbled the ball for 10 seconds before he decided to initiate the offense. Uh, oh, I just, I just, I saw, I was watching what was going on, and I couldn't believe it. I just hear Cloudy from another end of the house. Where's the possession of the playoffs? Just yelled as loud as he possibly could. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know the Memphis Grizzlies borrowed uh, bowl point guard John Lucas for the fourth quarter of their game. You know, they, they must have. I guess uh, that was brutal, Coach. Yeah. Mike Conley. Yeah. All right. Well, Bulls fans, again, you want to uh, chime in here? We're down three-one. Still a little bit of hope left, but not much. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. I commented on both Facebook and Twitter, Big Dog, that we are now rooting for the dreaded, if necessary, games. In fact, I thought we could come out with a new bumper sticker of you know Bulls, Bulls playoff fever, if necessary. It's definitely necessary, Coach. Yeah. Come on, I'm not going to be fake. Five, six days ago, I couldn't. Oh, actually, well, I forget how long ago it started. We're on game. We've already played game four. So, okay, seven and a half weeks ago, when this series started, I was fired up. Okay, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let Derrick Rose being hurt diminish how bad I want to win this series. Because quite simply, if anybody has seen the way Philadelphia fans acted the last two days, especially when Joe Kim got hurt and they started cheering, and then when he got up, they booed. I, seriously, Coach, I, I I really, I honestly root for teams based on their fan base most of the time. Like, if you don't really support the team, I don't root for you. Yeah. 
in the house. 20% of the place was empty. They didn't sell out. Are you kidding me? They didn't sell out a playoff game. That you can Philly, criticize. If Philly wins this series, I'm going to be yeah. so angry at the Philly fans. That's not even funny. The, 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 the last part you can definitely criticize them for, but uh, I'd like to speak on behalf of the uh, fine Philadelphia listeners we got out there in the Internet Talk Zone area and say that I hate to denigrate an entire group of fandom, Big Dog. The, the booing for Joakim Noah was a select few. They may have been loud, but 90% of the people there, and again, I'm speaking on behalf of my brethren from Philadelphia, they probably don't want me to speak on their behalf, but I will anyways. Most of those fans were not booing for Joakim Noah. Let's you, don't, you don't remember the, the Philadelphia Flyers series with the Chicago Blackhawks and the finals, do you, Coach? You don't remember that too well. That's, that's, out, of your, that's out of your mind, what Philadelphia fans were doing and saying about the city of Chicago. Do you? Uh, I, I go back to the Broad Street Bullies days. So my point, I like, there's rivalries among cities and stuff. The Chicago doesn't have one with Philadelphia. As far as I'm concerned, it's less than us. I'm, I'm serious. That's how, I usually don't feel that way about cities, but I kind of feel that way about Philadelphia, especially I, I, the last couple of years and the way they act when people get injured on a sporting field. You know what? You know what? When people, when people in my house actually cheer when people get hurt that the Bears are playing or any other team, I reprimand them. I yell at them. I'm like, oh, I guess you – and I, I go off on these people. I guess you've never played a real sport because you obviously have never been hurt. I, I, I legitimately belittle people whenever they cheer when somebody's hurt. Mm-hmm. That's what people in Philadelphia need to do. Oh, Michael Irvin has a neck issue and he can't move? He might not be able to walk? Hey, that's hilarious. Forget all Philadelphia fans suck. <laughs> Nobody would be able to say that in my section. No one would be able to cheer. If you cheered at a Chicago Bears game when somebody got hurt, I would make sure to let you know that you were an a-hole. Okay, Coach? They don't do that in Philly. Hey, that's my eight-year-old boy. He knows Michael Irvin's a freaking A-Rod. You know what I No, Coach. David, uh, awesome producer extraordinaire. I think the 14 listeners we had in the Philadelphia area, check that at the end of the day. Yeah, but I think, you know... Get the cutoff of the next side. I don't think all 14. I think one or two will be on, but we'll probably lose 12 out of 14. But that's the price you pay, Big Dog. That's the price. Huh? Philadelphia fans, how many times? They booed Donovan McNabb. We got the point. Okay. We got the point. You don't like the Philadelphia fans, and you're probably justifiable. They got a a bad reputation, and for the most part, justifiable. I was trying trying to give them a little bit of defense. That's all. 888-463-6748, dog and a coach at your service. Big dog remembers, speaking of Philadelphia, all these uh, Chicago fans who, when Derrick Rose went down, and by the way, we were not amongst them, but most of the Bulls fans were talking, ah, we can't beat the Heat now. I mean, we'll get by Philly, but can we get by round two? We certainly can't beat the Heat. And you and me you know, were like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was worried about the Sixers still when Derrick Rose went down. And I wasn't fearing the heat anymore, which is so funny. I thought the exact opposite of everybody. I was still worried about South Philadelphia at that yep. point. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but that was that was the, the mindset of most of the fans. Well, we can still beat Philadelphia. Well, not so easy, but we're not done yet, Big Dog. Let's not give it up. Uh, one game and, at a time. And, and, and by the way, I know I'm sorry to question interruption. No problem. Don't forget that in order to get the heat, that the Bulls would have to beat Boston. And Boston right now is looking like the best team in the East, and I'm including Miami in that right now. If necessary. If, if necessary. If, if the Bulls can win the next three games, and I'm going to cheer them on and hopefully they do, 
they're most likely playing Boston unless Atlanta all of a sudden, uh, you know, Atlanta's doing their typical playoff, hey, we're Atlanta, nobody really cares situation. But I, I, I've, I've somehow I've been home and watching, and it seems like Boston's on when there's, whenever there's no hockey or baseball on coach. Mm-hmm. And Boston looks like they're serious for winning an NBA championship right now, even with Ray Allen out. Be a shocker. That would be a shocker because most people, myself included, counted them out quite a while ago. But Kevin Garnett uh, has found the fountain of youth. Hopefully no other illegal pharmaceuticals, just the fountain of youth. But you're right, the Celtics up, what, 3-1 to against the uh, Atlanta Hawks, if necessary. Yeah, and and I'm just saying, I think, you know, like Boston's going to be one tough, tough series for the Bulls or for the Heat, or they're going to be an awful tough out for any Eastern Conference team mm-hmm. coach. So yeah. it's, this playoff has turned into something. I mean, it's really good. All of a sudden, the Heat don't look fallible because the fact that the Knicks could even win a game, I, I honestly think if the, if the Bulls played the Knicks and they were healthy, Derrick Rose and Joe Noah, like I would expect a, a sweep, like four games. And I expected the same out of the Heat. So the fact that Heat even lost is kind of shocking. Yeah, that got me a feeling, just a little bit of a feeling. It might be the oncoming of an appendectomy. I'm not quite sure, but something's digging into my pancreatic portion. It's just a slight feeling that the New York Knicks might steal a game against Miami and make a series. I think the Heat win, but I think the Knicks are going to put some pressure on them, and Jeremy Lin might, might come back for Game 5, Big Dog. Could be interesting. I, you do. I, I see Miami finishing off in Game Five. All right. I, I, I do, and I'm, I'll, I'll be rooting for the New York Knicks for you. And I hope, I, I certainly hope you're right, Coach. Mm-hmm. That would be awfully good if you are. We don't root for the New York Knicks all that often. By the way, a uh, potential series. I was watching the conclusion of the Oklahoma City sweep over the defending champion, the Dallas Mavericks, with Oklahoma City Jim, who has since reconfigurated to the city of Chicago. Big Dog. He's a big fan of yours. Doesn't like me very much, but he likes you, and we were watching the game together as Oklahoma City clinched. And I think the next matchup for them would be the L.A. Laker. How's that for a semifinal series? Uh, who, who, who did you say? The semifinal Oklahoma semifinal City and the Lakers. We'll be the Lakers playing the Lakers, I believe, right? That's the 2-3. Yeah, and uh, the, the Lakers... They may have, they may be 2-2 with Denver. I watched that game last night. Oh, they're up 3-1. They yeah, just, up they're up 3-1. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, now that's going to be one heck of a matchup. And then you're going to have San Antonio play in who, coach? The, Mem- the Memphis or Clippers winner. Oh, okay, that's, that, right. that's right. That series so, is so close. I don't think it's going to go seven. That thing could go 11 games. That's really advantageous for the Spurs who, to, to have gotten the number one seed in the Western Conference. Because no knock on the, the 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 Spurs will destroy the Clippers because of the Clippers more flash than dash, and, and but they'll still beat Memphis. So the Spurs have a much easier shot at getting to the NBA Finals yeah. as opposed to wow the o- Oklahoma City or the Lakers. Ooh, and they have to play the whoever wins that has to play the Spurs. Man, getting the number one seed in the West was huge this year. Huge. That's going to be a great series, and don't. I'm talking about the Lakers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Tremendous seven-game series, assuming the Lakers clinch it. But don't count out the Clippers if they can beat the Grizzlies. Vinny Del Negro is already, already looking forward to the challenge of matching which with a Greg Popovich. He's, he's already stated that a couple times. <laughs> he's like, I'm really looking forward to this first series. I, we match up really well to them. 
What about the fact that you just lost game three? We look good against the Spurs. That was a good comeback. <laughs> I thought I'd set you up with that, Big Dog. Put it on the platter and you can knock Vinny's head off. I think I'm well, the only, uh, only guy in the city of Chicago that still likes a Vinny Del Negro. Wonderful. So, you, uh, no, so when you say that, you mean it? Sort you, of. You, when, you, when you say all these glorious, I, nice things about Vinny, you actually mean it. I just let you say it just because... Uh, <laughs> Just because you just like to be wrong about a lot of stuff. Like, you purposely mispronounce people's names, you know, stuff like that. I mean, you just want to, you want people to think that we're dumb. So that I just let you go with that one. <laughs> I'm not sure which way you're going. That got twisted and turned so many times. I'll just say, you're right, I think, if necessary. By the way, that's the theme of our entire show. As long as the Bulls stay in it, everything's going to be if necessary. In fact, if we have to, if necessary, we're changing the name of our show to Two Guys at a Mic, dot, dot, if necessary. It's kind of got a ring to it. Well, during the playoffs, it will. Yeah. I mean, but considering those type of if necessary playoffs, only, well, we'll, just have, we'll ask the NBA to add a couple more rounds in game. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you add one extra round to the playoffs, that's like two and a half months, Coach. Yep. So as long as we had that if necessary, go, you need people you know, it's the American populace, all of us, all of us, you and I included, especially. And, and trust me, uh, David Olson probably right now is looking through a magazine. It's short attention fan theater, so no we can only do if necessary during playoff series. No question. I'm actually thinking of reforming our men's softball team, which folded about 10 years ago. If we do join the 15-over softball league, Big Doug, what better team name for a 15-over team than if necessary? You know, you mentioned our, our softball team. You mentioned the softball team, and you said folded. That would like be like you would be able to bend it in half, like somebody would be able to bend over and touch their toes. toes. <laughs> that never happened on that team. As a matter of fact, I don't think there was a member on our squad that actually saw their toes. <laughs> I really wasn't talking about our radio team. I was talking about my old men's softball team. Oh. You're, you're exactly correct. Our famous uh, morning break radio team, which I never actually got to put any time in for, but... Um, that that team could have been called sad but true. Uh, we we legitimately were in the radio league, which is the most the, like the sports radio league yep. in Chicago, which is the most competitive league ever that I've ever been in in terms of intermarriage. And because it's you know, it's, you know I know it's public and all that, and we had at least five members of our team that weighed over three hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> And now that's going to move on. So, like, sometimes you face odds, and sometimes you just say, hey, I'm going to go there, I'm going to catch a couple fly balls uh-huh. and hit a couple at-bats and not care that we've just lost by 32 runs. Stay healthy and get out of there and uh, go across the street to the local bar and have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. if necessary, that's what we'll have to do. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, hey, a couple of quick points to get to. Uh, and, again, phone lines are open, folks. You want to chime in off the sports page on Big Dog and the Coach at your service on a semi-regular basis. The semi-part being every Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock in the morning, up until 11, one hour a day, five in total. They don't let us on on the weekends, but we're working on that. I'm I'm hoping to get like an 8 to 5 shift on Saturdays at some point. Big Dog, there's too many things we don't get to during the week. I think we need to do an all-day show. On Saturday, but that's a whole other topic. A uh, couple of things to get to off the sports page real quick. Uh, in our obituary of the day, which we haven't had one for a while, April was a very bad month for celebrity obituaries. Very disappointing. But May starting off much better. Goober, 
George Lindsay, our good friend Goober, one of the great supporting actors in TV uh, situation comedies of all time. Goober, my friend, has passed away at the age of 82. Um, you know, I've never really watched that show. Now, back then, all of America, so like, there was only like three channels, right? What? There was only like three channels in America back then, right? Yeah, pretty much. Two, five, seven, maybe a nine, throw in a channel 32. So you were not an Andy Griffith watcher, huh? No, I mean, I'm not saying it was bad or anything like that. Yeah. It's just like everybody, everybody knew that show. Everybody yep. watched that show. Yep. And certainly Andy Griffith, great. Don Knotts, the great supporter, supporting actor. But the, some of the bit players were some of the best. Personally, David Olson, Otis, the town drunk, a personal uh-huh. favorite of mine. Not sure if you're you know, familiar he- with Otis, Big Dunk. Oh, absolutely. He was the guy that he would he would get before he would get really really drunk. Yeah, he would go and incarcerate himself. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay. I'll still never forget. I think one of the best situation comedy uh, uh, segments, you know, thirty minute segments of all time, was when Don Knotts, the deputy, had Otis locked up, and Otis had it was a real hot summer day. And Otis had somehow, before he got locked up, spiked the little water jug that was right outside the uh, the jail cell. Okay. With whatever alcoholic drink he was. And, and the prisoners were allowed to reach through and get the drink. But Don Knotts, if you've seen the show in his in- inimitable way, starts to lecture Otis about the importance of not drinking and other things in his normal way he would do, which I'm not even going to try to copy because he was so comedic. But as he's doing it, He's taking the drinks from the water cooler and getting more and more drunk as he goes as he's lecturing Otis. It was one of the the best half-an-hour situation comedies I've ever seen. Don Knotts, absolutely classic, and Otis helping him out. But the bottom line is Goober. Goober is no more, big dog. I can tell you're choked up about it. Yeah, I I am. You know know, what's crazy about that show is I kind of remember him. He talked crazy, and then he got his own show, didn't he? Did he get a spinoff? Who? Goober. Well, Gomer Pyle did. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then the they brought guy? they brought uh, Goober in to replace Gomer when yeah. he got oh, the spin Oh, okay, okay. Thank you. There, that now there's there now there's clarity. That's why I was so confused over over this whole thing. Yeah, Jim Neighbors okay. was Gomer Pyle, and then Gomer got his own show. And I always now, loved the uh, Gomer Pyle, the guy who played the sergeant. That guy was classic. There you go. I See, the, the only thing I know about this is that uh, uh, Ron Howard. Is still no. I, when I see Ron, I'm like, oh, there's Opie. And I never even watched the show. The man has made some of the most incredible documentary film ever made. Yep. He's made some of the most important films ever as a, as a director. And I still think of him as Opie. And I know that's got to bother him. That's got to bother him. That's like like 85-year-old women come out and say, oh, there's Opie. And like squeeze his cheeks. It's got it's to pee him off, doesn't it, Coach? I would certainly think so. It's been going on for a number of years now, probably much less so than it did before. But uh, people have said, Big Dog, uh, that he looks like me a little bit. I've heard people say that at times. Yeah, I hear that all the time. As a matter of fact, he was getting interviewed. I look like Ronnie Howard? No, no, that he looks like you. I hear that all the time. I hear Ronnie Howard. I've heard people say I look like Woody Harrelson. I get Woody uh, Harrelson too, so that's not good, Coach. You do? Yeah. yeah, actually, I can see that. 
I can see that with the sh- a shaved hair, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I've gotten James Con <laughs> before, and there's one. Oh, and Steve Stone, announcer for the Cubs. Steve Stone. Yep. Uh, most of the people that I get are uh, are dead, or you know, like there's a bunch of different ones. I get uh, I get uh, a lot of Christopher Reeve. I get uh, <laughs> Bella Lugosi. I get that a lot. You do. Yeah, I get. Uh, I, you know, you know what's really sad is a lot of people give me Brad Pitt, and some people give me Angelina Jolie. So I'm really not sure where to go with that one, Coach. <laughs> You're very torn, huh? Yes. Uh, one day somebody said uh, I look like Carl Ditka. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, it, it's Coach's long cousin from yeah. from Pennsylvania. I'm really not sure if that's any good either. Yeah. So yeah, go figure. I think you look like Brian Urlacher. There you go. That's good. I get that a lot, especially from my friends who are at a bar talking to a chick, and he's telling them that uh, that he's Pisa Isamoa. You know what I mean? And then I have to call him, yeah, I'm Brian Urlacher. Play Michael on back. Uh, uh, speaking of look, uh, I you expect me to buy drinks too, don't you, or else I'm a jerk, right? Yeah, ain't that funny. So Just, just uh, crunch your neck, sink your hips, and drool somebody, and then you really look like Brian Urlacher. But I have yeah. to make sure that it's somebody that you don't want to take home to your mother. Yeah, can happen. Yes, David. Oh, my goodness. That that dude, he legitimately, like, you know, like, if some people, like, you know, if there's other fish in the sea, like that terminology. Well, if if Brian Urlacher is fishing, he's walking on the bottom of the sea, okay, and he's got a net, and he's dragging it along, and he's picking through it. That's what he's doing when he, when he goes fishing in the sea. Coach. <laughs> David O. Yeah, just uh, speaking of the whole, you know, using the celebrity lookalikes to pick up girls. I had a buddy that looked exactly like Kadeem Hardison, who was like a like a C or D list actor. He was a sitcom star in the early '90s. He was in White Men Can't Jump. But I mean, the guy was a dead ringer for him. And we used to get tables in restaurants. We used to get in Frida bars. We used to have girls buy us drinks because he looked so much like the guy. Not bad. Pays to hang around with the guy. What's that? Did he go with it? Please tell me he went with it. Oh, of course he went with it. Of course he went with it. I mean, but did he he go all the way with it is what I'm saying. He did, yeah. Now, I don't know what happened the awkward next morning when he broke the news to him, but, yeah, he went all the way with it. No, he didn't have to break the news. He could have just left some, like, 323 California number, said, you know, I'll see you later, and then... uh, I wouldn't have done it. I, I... <laughs> That's pretty sad, Coach. I've never done anything like that that bad, but I know friends who have. Right, and Brian they usually say the relief pictures for the Chicago Cubs, and it works all the time for them, <laughs> all the time. I'm not kidding. Two guys that go around, different celebrities of Chicago, they say they're them, and they're, they're, they're D-list celebrities, just like uh, just like David's friend. And here you Legitimately, I bet you it worked for them 30 times in what like a five-year period. What if you got an intelligent female who knows baseball and she asks uh, long relief, middle, or short relief? Well, they would already have to pitch your name. They're diehard Cup fans. Are you, you kidding me? They could probably tell more about the player than the player himself. Okay. You yeah, I grew to... up in Birmingham. You'd have to be very careful how to answer that particular question, by the way. If a female well, oh, they, they, yeah, try to, yeah, all yeah. of them. Yeah. Hey, oh, Blue 42, moving right along, uh, item number two on our non-sports page informational list, Big Dog, the movie The Avengers. My son showed up at 12 o'clock on Friday night, uh, the midnight showing, to 
watch the first appearance of it, but the bottom line is $200 million plus the highest box office sales in the history of movie to my friend for the Avengers. That is, that, that is amazing, Coach. And, you know, I, I knew it was going to be big when I was seeing people like our guy, D-Vax. You know, he's, he's almost 50, bald, you know, a, a big dude, and he's wearing those Avengers silly goggles that, that you wear when you watch the movie so you can see it in 3D. I mean, seriously, when you have guys in their mid-40s acting like they're 10 years old, Okay, and and you know that really is what's happening now. Now you guys, you guys are uh, both of you are, are gentlemen with with kids. Okay, but David Olson grew up like in the sci-fi mega movie as a child. Like everybody's got to come down here. You got to buy the. You got to go to Burger King and get the the meal with the cup, and then you have to buy the action figures. After you were a little older, coach, so you didn't get like swept up in that. Okay, and now you don't have, you kind of like, oh, this Avengers is, number one, can you believe it? Well, David Olsen was probably a kid who was, like, getting the action figures for data for Star Wars like I used to. And I kind of, like, we get swept up in it a little bit differently than than your generation does. And I think that it's that cut, like, Star Wars, right when they realize, you know, we could market everything. Hold I, I just want to let you guys know something. Right now in my backyard... There is a wolf chasing a deer. It went right through my backyard. Wow. I just saw that when I was doing the show. I, I swear to you, it was unbelievable. I've seen a deer in my backyard. I've seen a fox, not a wolf, but I've never seen in combination. So you had the wolf chasing. How was the deer doing? Which was he getting away? Which means there's more wolves around the area is basically what that means. Or that was a, or that was a real big fox. It was either or. Wow. So, Did the deer have a chance? Was it was the wolf? There gaining? was more deer than there was only one. You know, absolutely. That I don't think that has has anything that I don't. It might be my neighbor's real big dog, but there was a deer that was getting chased by some type of canine. Mm-hmm. But wow. but things have changed, coach. It's like it's, and I guarantee you, five years from now, the event there's going to be another movie that has five hundred million dollars. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's like it's just part of culture where. Okay. Oh, this the new action movie's coming out. So not only do you have to go to the movie, you got to go to Burger King and buy the the meal and get the cup. And then after you get the cup, you have to. Oh no, I have to collect all these collectibles that are on the cup. And then, and just because it's it's amazing what movies have become. And it's it's no longer. Hey, let's tell a story with with an incredible plot. It's we have to tell a story that looks really cool in three D, if necessary. Yes, David. And the thing is, as successful as the Avengers is, they're saying the next Batman movie is going to beat it. Oh, I I, I bet you're right. Absolutely. You know who would be a great villain for the next Batman movie? I know they've already filmed it, but maybe the Batman, you know, 7 or 8 or 9, whatever it is. By the way, I don't like particularly any of these action movies, not planning to go see Avengers. And I don't think I've – maybe I've seen one Batman of the whole bunch. But how about this year, man? This year, man, or a derivative thereof, as the By villain the, in uh, the next Batman movie. Uh, Coach, you, you, that is not bad. Not bad. We just got to get Marvel. Who, who? I, 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 David probably knows, but like, there's been like a Marvel and DC comics like purchase, and some guys are in one. I, I'm pretty sure Batman is Marvel. We got to talk to somebody at Marvel. No, no, no. Batman's DC. All the Avengers are Marvel, Spider-Man's Marvel, X-Men are Marvel, DC is Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash. 
Welcome okay. to Nerd Sports Radio here, folks, with the big dog and the coach. There you have coach, it. Coach, you would be surprised uh, at, like, uh, the stuff. Like, you don't understand that there is a massive subculture that this particular weekend, when the choice was either uh, pay $70 plus fees plus taxes to watch Floyd Mayweather dance for uh, for 12 rounds and sprint around and, and make sure he doesn't get touched by, by Cotto, who is too slow to even go near him, Okay, and then and then have people upset that uh, Mayweather won the fight because he danced. Well, Cotto never hit him for twelve rounds. Or you could have stayed home and put on Fox and watched Nick Diaz uh, beat up Jimmy Miller. Oh, what a freaking fight that was! The Levar Johnson fight, UFC versus boxing this weekend. And I, I legitimately, Coach, I would have to say that of the people that I talk to on a at least monthly basis, hey, what are you up to? A hundred percent of them were watching the fight, and it's, I, I just thought about it, I was like, and coach doesn't even think this is big. It just cracks me up. And I'm asking you guys, you care about the boxing match? No, who cares? And the it's, interesting difference there is the boxing match. Correct me if I'm wrong. Cost fifty nine ninety nine of the ultimate fighting. No, sixty nine ninety nine. Sixty nine ninety nine. Yes. To so watch I, an I, aging Floyd Merriweather against uh, Henry. Don't call me Harry Cotto. Yeah, uh, I think it's Miguel Cotto. Ah. Now. Got him confused with ex-Cub center fielder Henry Cotto. Oh, you know, Henry Cotto was a great defensive replacement. <laughs> uh, seriously, he's, he is as good of a fifth outfielder as the Cubs yeah. have ever had, Coach, ever. Yep. That's And uh, it was funny, they won that year, and he, good, he contributed. He's good uh, a fifth outfielder. Okay, that's like saying you're the best uh, checkers player up in Canada. No, no seriously, just say, just say in 2013 the Cubs were had a chance to win the World Series. Henry Cotto could be a guy. If you can take it from 1984, you could put him on next year's team, and he would be awesome as a fifth outfielder, and I would say they could still win the World Series. Moment of silence Never. for the memory. He's not passed away, but he's going out of baseball. Moment of silence, if we could, for one of the better Cub fifth outfielders of all time, Henry Cotto. Thank you. Okay, that, that, that moment was long enough. Thank so, you well, okay, so it's 70 bucks, 69 plus fees, plus taxes, <laughs> to watch Floyd Mayweather Run around, and I was looking at Twitter, and people were like, I can't believe this fight sucks so bad. What a surprise. Floyd Mayweather doesn't want to stand and fight. He wants to run. It's the art of boxing. Well, guess what? I, we watched LeVar Johnson in four and a half minutes be able to put a guy in such condition that the referee had to come in and stop the fight, make sure nobody got hurt. It was done. The guy that he beat stood up and was like, yeah, and he looked totally fine. At the end of that fight, it looked like, at the end of Mayweather Cotto, uh, Cloudy watched it. He's like, dude, no punches were even landed. He's like, Mayweather had like two flurries the whole entire fight. Both of them looked like they had been through a war, yet the whole entire time there was no action. And then the, these other, the other fight, LeVar Johnson uh, versus Matt Berry, a fight lasted four and a half minutes. Both guys got up and were like, and it was action the whole entire time. 100% of the time there were punches and kicks and moves being thrown. And both guys got up. They were totally fine. Nothing was wrong with either one. And it goes on. And the idea that people still watch boxing to, to this day, I just don't understand it. Between the two sports, yeah, I don't get it. Coach. Great sport, but it has definitely uh, gone the downward cycle. I'm not going to say it's down and out, but it's gone the downward cycle. And I'll tell you, big dog, I've uh, you know I've criticized your ultimate fighting before. I'm still bothered by the fact that guys can get killed, maimed, physically injured. Oh, well, then don't watch boxing because All boxing right. has ten times more damage. Ultimate uh, UFC fights, short. 
And as soon as somebody gets in trouble, as soon as they get in trouble, guess what? The fight is over. So don't anybody who that is a boxing fan cannot even discuss this because what happens in boxing? Boxing, somebody gets in trouble, then they get beat on for another five rounds. Yeah, as soon ro- as you as soon as you are not fighting at the level of the other opponent. The fight automatically stops mm-hmm. in ultimate fight. Yeah, that's why I don't understand. You're so barbarous and people. No, it isn't. It yeah, isn't. Watch the no, fight. I'm, how many get stopped? I'll like, give no, you credit you're, with that. You're not that's, defending yourself. That's a fair point to be made. The repetitive hitting of boxing is equally, if not even more, obstructive. But uh point I was trying to make is after watching the movie Warrior, which if you don't see that this week, I'm going to come down to your uh homestead in Aurora, slap you outside the head, and shove you and the DVD both. Or shove you and the tape both into the DVD. You gotta watch that movie. But after watching The Warrior, I have gained an all new respect and I'm actually enjoying to some extent watching the athleticism and sport of the ultimate fighting. If, uh, there, there's a, what I want you to do is just get to in, introduce yourself to the light heavyweight champion, uh, John Bones Jones. How if about necessary. that? No, no, no. The, it, it is necessary. This is a, What's this his is name? A play- John Bones Jones? The, the light heavyweight champion, John Bones Jones. Who's he fighting next, Ron Jeremy? Uh, well, I'm not sure who he's fighting John next. He just, beat, he just beat Rampage Jackson uh, to continue being the light heavyweight champion of the world. And the, the guy is a good guy. And, oh, his brother, his brother Chandler Jones, was picked in the first round by the New England Patriots coach. Wow. I mean, it's basically, the, the I love this sport because, like, it's, if you don't make it in the NFL, these guys turn to this sport. <laughs> so. I actually, I think I hit on something with the Ron Jeremy reference. What about Big Dog taking you, two of your favorite avocations, putting them together? What about Porn Star Ultimate Fighting? Battle for the Championship. I would. Uh, the female would division like- and the male division, and then the finals would be the female taking on the male. I honestly don't know the name of one male porn star. <laughs> Besides Ron Jeremy, yeah. and because he's the ugliest dude on the planet, uh, <laughs> I, I, all, I, all and I, I don't know a lot of the girls' names. I really don't know. I don't know the names, but I do know Charmaine Starr's name just because I've met her. <laughs> well, you know, once they become, uh, once they enter the Ultimate Fighting Ring, we'd get to know them, and I think that would be part of the draw to it. It would, it would bring the adult film stars closer to us in a more personal nature as they're getting beaten around the ring. And, and I think by the it's way, a winning anybody company. out there. I was extremely surprised by how how sweet the porn star was to me. Just an average guy, you know, <laughs> talking to her. She was just, you know, I was I was pretty surprised. She was a sweet uh, girl. What TV station we could put that at? WTTW, maybe after the uh, the home network, you know, after one of those well, little home decorating no, 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 shows. No, 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 no. I, I hate to tell you, Coach. They're going to want a lot of money for that. We can, if we can't put that. We're going to have to actually. We're going to have to like go to HBO no. or something. No, we're not putting. We're, you mean pay, paying the uh, actors and actresses? No, no, this is love of the game. Well, we're not going to get any porn stars. There's a reason Absolutely. why they do that. Well, They don't do it for free, Coach. Yeah, They don't do the adult porn, but they'll do the ultimate fighting. Love of the game, Big Dog. The spirit of sport. The well, opportunity. You're going to have to build up some bitterness then in between some of these porn stars. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. So we've established... Over the last 23 minutes, Big Dog, not that we've wasted time, that Goober has died and the Avengers was the number one movie and that ultimate fighting is actually a better sport than boxing. Took us I, I will, well, 
Entertainment value, that's my own personal opinion. Okay. I'm not sure my those three things opinion. actually uh, deserve 23 minutes, but that's where we went with it. All right, real quick. Uh, Chicago Cub baseball. And by the way, I'm going to the game tonight. Courtesy of one of our fine listeners, Smith, Barney, Steve. I will be at the game, Atlanta Braves, Chicago Cub. Big dog, uh, the Cubs. Starting to show a little spark. No one's talking World Series, but there is a certain gaining likability about the Chicago Cup team. Tony Campana, great game again yesterday. Uh, definitely a lot of likability about this team. And, uh, you know, whenever a team pitches well and plays decent defense, they're a lot easier to watch, if you know what I mean. It's a lot easier to actually to, to like a team when you know that they can throw strikes, get people out, and mm-hmm. they're not going to blow the game in the ninth inning. Uh, th- this might sound strange, Coach, but I honestly believe that uh, Dale Swain, like, officially and outwardly demoting Carlos Marmol, I kind of, like, gave the team, like, a little bit of a mm-hmm. mental edge. Yep. That, that might sound strange, like, oh, we don't have to worry about that late in the game. Maybe Carlos will get us to act together, like, later on in the year, but it ain't right now. And I think that had a, a little bit of something to do with it. And uh, to keep, like, the at-bats that these, this team is having now as opposed to a month ago. You know, you talked about it on opening day. After opening day, you, you laughed about, oh, the patience really is working out. Like, and you talked about how uh, the quick at-bats they had, and then a week later, I brought it back up again, and we, all of a sudden we weren't laughing about it because it wasn't done. That was a weekend. Well, finally, Coach, you see a lot of really, really good at-bats by Cub players. And what a surprise that these guys like Brian Maher, who having all these great at-bats, are having pretty decent seasons, or at least turning their seasons around. So uh, hope, I just want to see a smart team with a good approach. That's all I really want out of the Chicago Cubs, and we're, we're starting to get that, and hopefully we'll figure out which players have talent. By the way, if you do need to go to the bathroom or uh, you know stir the spaghetti in the boiling pot of water, take a brief minute break, and you don't want to hit the pause button or the pause button is broke, let me suggest the time to do it is when Cub catcher Wellington Castillo is up to bat. Um, i got to tell you something right now. He's better offensively than Gio Soto. Offensively? Yes. Need- right now, I'd rather have Castillo than Soto up. At least Castillo doesn't swing at bad pitches. But you're right, he is overmatched. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not even about to defend that part. He's overmatched. But he, he least when he, when he swings and misses, it's at a strike. Gio Soto swings and misses at balls in the dirt and over his head. And I, that, I like, that drives me crazy, coach. Yeah, Giovanni Soto is a guy we had so much hope for when he, when he came up first couple of years. Looked like this guy's good develop into a solid hitter. Good defensive player. I like his leadership. I think he handles pitchers extremely well. Disappointing. Disappointed that he has not become a better hitter. And big dog, to your point on the pitchers, I mean, Travis Woods, you know, rough start. Then he, uh, Got the team. At least he hung in there and didn't let the game get away from. But yeah, Sean, you know, Camp- it was it was it was three nothing after the third inning, and then he, three scoreless innings after yes. that. So yeah. you know, it's not, not a great start, but at least he at least he battled through and kept the Cubs in the baseball game. And he didn't even find out he'd be starting until like twenty four hours before. Matt Garz is supposed to start. There's a flu bug going around the entire city of Chicago, really, including my star point guard for yesterday's tournament. Thank you very much. Um, but so, uh, you know, Travis, what was an emergency starter? But the part I like is Sean Camp, Rafael Dolis, and James Russell. Five innings of relief. The Cubs win in 11 innings yesterday. And I looked at the stats, zero 
walks. Five innings of relief, relief pitching, no walks, recipe for victory. Big Doug, I was a happy man. Yeah, and if if you don't think uh, walks are important, ask Carlos Marmol or, to be honest with you, I don't even know who the Dodger pitcher that walked in all those. They weren't all walks, but the, the walks that led to the the Dodgers losing the game yesterday. I forget the kid's name. Cutright, Russ Cutright, is that his name? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. But that, but it, it was all walks except for one hit, right? Yeah. In the 11th <laughs> inning, the Cubs win the game, and they, they got one measly base hit. The rest were walks, and they even had the always one of the most exciting moments in baseball, the walk-off walk. You know, and the way I look at it is, yeah, it'd be a lot more fun if they could have won on the on the Tony campaign, a double in the gap when, you know, uh, uh, the Jesus tried to score. But, you know, it, just get it done somehow. I don't know how many times in the past we would have watched a Cub team get the bases loaded and then have some guy swing at four consecutive pitches that were all balls. You know, he fouled one of them off. And then, you know, next thing you know, the next inning, somebody hits a walk-off home run. And you're just like, well, we could have won the previous inning if we just didn't swing the bat. So uh, any way that they can get a W, I really appreciate it. No question about it. Two out of three over the L.A. Dodgers. Atlanta Braves come to town. Should be a good series. Two-hour and 41-minute rain delay yesterday. Dog, me and the uh, family going down to the game tonight. More rain expected. You're a guy that's been there, done that. You're a creative individual for the folks. Going to the game tonight, assuming there's a rain delay. I don't want to hear the typical stuff now. I want some creative ideas, both on page and off, on things the fans can do during an extended rain delay and keep it clean because there could be. Well, then, kids then you, you told me you don't don't say the typical thing, and then you were like, "Keep it clean." <laughs> You're right. I did handle. Well, I got to tell you something. The poncho. I know you look. You look stupid. Yeah, you do look dumb. But here's here's the here's the thing. Everybody else in that park that does not have a poncho on is saying to themselves, "Damn, I wish I had a poncho." Yep. Okay. So just just remember that. Remember that if you you are deciding whether or not to buy a poncho, if and if you have the poncho, I mean, you can go to you can go to a Jewel or an Osco. You can go to a Whole Foods and you can get some unbelievable snack food. I mean, like ridiculous snack food. You can get yourself some caviar. Okay. You bring that pouch, you have everything you need up under there. You can have uh, your uh, your Kindle, okay? You can actually bring a, another battery charger up in there, a television. You bring everything you can up underneath that poncho. Nobody's going to feel on you. Just you walk bring, into the park. You know, That's if, if necessary, you could bring three poles and uh, camp out there for the night under your poncho. Oh, yeah, yeah my boy Vladishmir, uh, Glishtok. And, and Darius, my three poles friends, yeah. I brought three poles, uh, a really feeling one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Cinemax Cindy emailing in. She wants to know, ask the big dog if he's ever done anything inappropriate underneath the poncho in public. I have technically never worn the poncho, what? Coach. Uh, like I said, I'm usually the person that is like, damn, I wish I brought a poncho. <laughs> Oh, boy. Fascinating sports talk. We had Dave Cart that at the last two minutes up, and we'll send that tape to well, you. Wanted, you wanted rain delay theater. I gave it to you, Coach. <laughs> kind of all I had at, at the top. Uh, of my, I do enjoy personally. I don't know if the fans enjoy it. I personally enjoy putting you on the spot and see what you come up with, though. And I did restrict you, didn't I? Get creative. But remember, it's a family show, so don't. <laughs> I, You know, if you would ask, I can't really say on air, but That's... the things that I've done at Wrigley Field during pub games, I mean, it's, uh, oh, wow. 
I mean, this, it, there's been a lot done at Wrigley Field. If, <laughs> just say it's like, it's like 1999, you know, and I bought a bunch of tickets at the beginning of the year, and I thought they were going to be good. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, it's September, and they're like 26 games out. I'm still going to the game. It's going to make it my own personal office of party, is the mm-hmm. best way I can tell you, Coach. I hear you. I hear you. Hey, real quick, before we finish up the show, got to mention the uh, finest two minutes in all of sport, the Kentucky Derby Big Dog. We, myself in particular, uh, called it. Here on the two guys at a mic show, our horse, I'll have another, comes out of nowhere. I know you're not a big derby fan. You didn't hide those feelings so much, but did you at least catch the replay of the stretch run? I, I had every single intention, every single intention of watching the race. What ended up happening is I was watching the White Sox Detroit Tiger game, you know, and I and I kept on, I kept going over. And next thing you know, they every time they show a horse poop, and oh, this one pooped. You want to bet on this one? You know, and then uh, so I, I kept on trying to see the start of the Kentucky Derby. They went to another long commercial break, and I switched over to the White Sox game. And all of a sudden, the Adam Dunn at bat was on. It was Jose Valverde versus Adam Dunn. Two outs. White Sox down by a run. Runner at first base, and. Adam Dunn hits a home run that was at least 500 feet coach. And I was like, oh, my God, and he won the game for the White Sox. The White Sox-Detroit series was the best series in all of baseball this weekend. And uh, Adam Dunn with a go-ahead home run for the White Sox. And and uh, he's still hitting in the 230s, coach, but he's got like 25 he's RBIs at the 250 at this point. now. He's actually oh, he's at the 250. Yeah, but, but like we said, his, we don't, I don't care about his batting average. I don't care about his strikeouts. Hopefully he can limit his strikeouts and raise mm-hmm. the batting average, but as long as he's driving and runs, yep. it will be awesome. So I turn back, and they're like, what an incredible finish. And I'm like, I cannot freaking believe I just missed. So tell me what happened at the Kentucky well, you need to, you, know, you can YouTube it and watch the finish, but basically the favorite, well, host, favorite horse, Bodie Meister, who, by the way, if you look at the face of Bodie Meister, you look at uh, aforementioned Tiger reliever Jose Valverde, uh-huh. there are similarities well, there. But anyhow, Bodemeister is in the lead, pulling away down the stretch, and out of nowhere comes I'll have another, and he chases him down right before the finish. A tremendously exciting victory for the Rodney Dangerfield of horses. I don't have time to get into it today, but this horse got no respect. I'll have another big dog. Your Kentucky Derby winner, and we'll see him in the Preakness in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, know what's funny is I have so many things that I don't know why. Real quick. Uh, they say this horse has no chance at the Triple Crown. I was surprised at that. Yeah, well, that's that's part of the no respect. We'll get to that tomorrow. Hopefully we'll talk about Sox and Cubs winning. Big Dog, phenomenal day. Uh, behave yourself today. I don't want to read about you in the crime report and or the obituaries. Hopefully we'll talk to you at 10 o'clock tomorrow, okay? Yeah. Spread the truth. Pass again. If necessary. All right, David Olson, our producer, thanks for a great job. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic signing off. Thank you to everybody out there for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Please do not be late.